0: Hello, I'm Jeff Lester, and welcome to Wait What Comics podcast for the Savage Critics website. Dreaded by some, adored by others. It's time for another Wait What, where we answer questions from listeners following us on Twitter. This is part one of hopefully not too many, and it finds Graham McMillan and I talking waffles, waffles, and more waffles. Chad Nevitt's Blogathon, our pitches for DC, Jeff's time-crossed dream team, Mystic Snark. Michael Fleischer's career after comics, favorite Batman titles, Captain America, and much more, with even more to come. We hope you enjoy, and as always,
1: thank you for listening. Jeffrey Lester, how is technology treating you now? Better, Graham. I oh, you, sa- you sound great. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Very kind, yes.
1: I know, that's, that's not even a comment about the audio quality. You just sound great.
0: <laughs> Well, thank you, as do you. As always, sir.
1: I try. Hey, can I tell you something completely random right now? Of course. Uh, many times on this podcast, I've referenced my personal website. Yes. Uh, I did a post yesterday, today, I think it was today, um, that was quoting from Super Gods, that was quoting Grant Morrison on um, the cycle, the 11 year cycle of cultural sunspot activity slash cultural activity. Right. Um, and the guy, the, the part from Supergods that I quoted, references the man who came up with the concept in the first place. Okay, whose okay. so name is Ian? I can't remember. I'm trying to look it up, and it's being very slow to load. That's Ian Spence.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, i just got a blog comment from Ian Spence himself what? in response. Yes, <laughs> saying essentially. It's, it doesn't work out. I was wrong. There's no connection. But Grant seems to like it. <laughs>
0: what? That's amazing. <laughs> my mind is blown. Yes. My
1: mind is blown. Oh, Death, my God. It, it, it isn't. It, well, at least it, it was an OMG moment for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. And for me, too. I think it's fair to actually mention, too, that this is the blog, iamgrammcmillan.com because we always talk about your blog. But we never specify, and I don't know how many people actually try and um, go find it after we talk.
1: Uh, I, I, I hope they don't. It's literally just me rambling people. There's there's no interest for you there.
0: <laughs> well, all I can say is this guy must have a heck of a
1: Google Alert. Yeah, I know, exactly, because it only went up this morning. <laughs> Good job, Ian Spence. Thumbs <laughs> up. Just fantastic. Just Hi. fantastic.
0: Are Hello. You- so, how are you? You sound good. You actually sound very good.
1: <laughs> Thanks. Do I normally sound worse?
0: Yeah, you normally sound like you're sick of life and you kind of secretly I, I, do, I do.
1: I do. I normally sound more tired. Uh, I'm putting it down to, A, a very pleasant uh, breakfast, a neighborhood breakfast this morning. Oh, that's uh, right. And, Damn B, you. the fact it's a lovely day here today. I mean, just, this is, this is, it's a good timing. We're actually doing it slightly later. There's you just means nothing to you, but um, I finished my work, so I can pretty much concentrate on the podcast and not worry about something I have to do afterwards, so I don't know it's it's everything's coming up millhouse, Jeff <laughs> everything's coming
0: up millhouse. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's fantastic. Um, yes, how, how tell me more you... about your waffles. Oh the, no, no, waf-
1: no. oh, the waffles. Okay, so this isn't a waffle window-connected thing at all. This is just apparently Portland loves waffles. Um, the house couple uh, doors down from us, um, one of the people who says their family is in town. And at first I thought it was just her parents, but actually it's her entire family. So uh, her sister, her brother, and her parents were in town. <laughs> Uh, and she thought she'd like to introduce them to her neighbors. And so she hosted a neighborhood pink, uh, waffle breakfast.
0: Oh, my goodness. Now, y- if I'm understanding you correctly, you said the waffle window was not involved?
1: This the, this was homemade waffles. There was no waffle window involved in this.
0: Okay. Did you tell her that she was making a mistake? <laughs> I, was, I mean, no offense. I no. mean, it's just one of yeah. those things. First, where... first of all...
1: Um, Cassandra makes amazing waffles. That should be said first off. Uh, obviously, they're not the sweet savory waffles that the waffle right. comes up with, <clears throat> but um, very nice blueberry waffles, very nice pecan waffles. I, I was I was happy with the waffle choice that was on offer. Uh, but secondly, Liv, whose family it was, Cassandra's right. girlfriend, has never been to the Waffle Window. She's she's lived here for a year and she's never been to the Waffle Window. Oh my god! I know. <coughs> I, 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 you cough in astonishment. Uh, I do. I, I, have, I
0: think I suck something down the wrong lung.
1: I have uh, <clears> talked to her about the waffle window on more than one occasion, and she's never been. Wow! I, wow! I, I don't know what to tell you, Jeff. They, these, these things happen.
0: I am. Staggered, sir. I am staggered. <laughs> you, you actually
1: sound staggered.
0: <laughs> I do, don't I? I'm like, what? Like, because to me, it's like the waffle window is such a valuable resource that is just so close. I mean, it's so close. It is so good, and it is so close. You know what I mean? I I'm just trying to think of like what would be the best way to explain this to someone, like. Uh, because it'd be like the San Francisco reference of for it's like if you lived on Twenty Fourth Street, one block from Dynamo Donuts, and never got around to going there.
1: I never told. Know? Last time I saw you, I never told you the Dynamo Donuts story, which is uh, Dynamo Donuts was on a television show called Unique Sweets. Oh yeah, um, I think I did that, that is on the, that is on the King Channel. Um, and did I tell you that Kate saw it for the first time and didn't even know it existed and was astonished? To find out that I had been there when you took me there, when I I was <laughs> inside for WonderCon, I mean, really, she was. How, how basically, this is what she said: How could you have gone there and never told me about this until now?
0: <laughs> it is kind of alarming. I'm sure she's like, "What else are you holding out on me?" Uh... It's, it's
1: just like you know, it's it's a donut place. <laughs> I I didn't think it was that important
0: oh cram this is this is one of those situations where me and kate line up quite nicely. I would be completely appalled if that had been the sort of situation where you know i mean i'm w i am I'm one of those people that used to be. 10 years ago Like if someone Was telling me a story About like How they Like uh, were on a date And they went to a movie And I don't know Someone held them At gunpoint I'd be like Wait 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 What, what was the movie Yeah, yeah movie you, you know see. <laughs> Let's let's get to the Important part first And then you can tell me All the rest of this stuff So I can see Where it's a little bit Like that Of like You're like Oh yeah I was at Dynamo Donuts It was like What Like it's right there I mean
1: that, that First, is that is pretty much how it went. It really was sort of like, yeah, I've been there. It's really good. And she was like, what?
0: <laughs> yeah. So, frankly, this person, like, I, totally. If there's anyone who lives within three blocks of the waffle window
1: and has I, gone I, there I, and I doesn't would, like it. I, I honestly I, would be surprised if there's not more people who have never been to the Waffle Window. You, you know, there probably are, and this is my thing. In like, fact, I'm kind of tempted to say that everyone in Living Cassandra's house, which is five people, have not been to the Waffle Window.
0: Okay, those people have to stop giving each other chlamydia and go... Out to the waffle window. They have to do something meaningful with their lives. Put down the PlayStation 3 controllers and Jeff, the Jeff, lubricant. Jeff, 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 Jeff,
1: Jeff. And Jeff, um, Jeff yes. you're you're talking about the house where television is not a thing. They don't have PlayStation. They don't have TV. They they are much pure and more smart and more in tune with their bodies than we are. Which might be why they've never been to the waffle window.
0: I was about to say that refutes at least the smart, or in tune with their body, what exactly do they do? Do they just sort of sit around in like those little Reich pyramids and
1: summon orgone energy? (laughs) What do they do? I kind of love that you've taken against this entire household of lovely people. I am! (laughs) They're probably (laughs) great, but they're
0: clearly idiots. Like, at this stage, I'm, I'm reaching the point of, at least with TV and PlayStation, you have an excuse. But if they don't even have a TV, and they haven't been to a waffle place a block away, and there's five of them, well, are four clear, of them? Be, are they sure. cattle? Are they sheep? These are human beings. We're talking about, right? These aren't just like sentient vegetarian.
1: Reveal, one of, oh, one of them. Oh no! How many are vegetarian? Are they gazelle? I want to are say you? three might be vegetarian. Uh, uh-huh. One of them can't have gluten. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That one I might let off the hook. Maybe there's yeah. There, no, there's all sorts of like food things going on. There's only one person in the house who can have. Who can eat whatever they want?
0: Well, I just pray to God they never listen to this podcast because I was going to give them the benefit of the doubt, but now I'm convinced they are absolute lunatics. Because what do they do all day, Graham? In <laughs> Portland. It's not like any of you work. So, like, what are <laughs> they doing all day?
1: Excuse me, I was working just for I talk to you.
0: Yeah, you barely count. So, <laughs> but seriously,
1: uh, you know what I mean? Like, they work. I just uh-huh. I said two of them are in school.
0: Uh-huh. The others work. What, 20 hours a week somewhere. I'm just what?
1: saying. It just seems impossible to me. Next it's, it's, they say it's like, honestly like Jeff Lester versus Portland. Oh, my God. It is.
0: I'm willing to start a fight with all of you at this point. Just because this household of like five people are like too busy trying on like barbell piercings to actually get out the door and go to the waffle window. I don't care if they don't like it once they try it, Wait, but the what? idea that they haven't tried it is a it's appalling.
1: It's the next appalling. time you come to Portland, I'm going to introduce you to these people. And you're going to feel so bad for everything you're saying right now. I won't, because no, no, I won't no, be throwing no, waffles no, at them. you really will. You'll be like, these are some of the sweetest, nicest people oh in the world. Oh, my God. And I have this made terrible. these terrible
0: accusations against this is them. See, this is how Darkseid got started. Like the Forever people were so awesome that they couldn't even be bothered to eat a donut, and he was like, "Really? What is the point of New Genesis? You guys all have to die." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like seriously, if you think about it, it oh really my sounds God. like the if food was, is if better on the, Apocalypse than if New that Genesis. that was the
1: origin of the fourth world, that'd be yeah, good. that's the someone pact. has to go and do yeah. like a remix of the fact. <laughs> just like seriously, you're not having a waffle? What the fuck, people?
0: What What is wrong with you guys? There is no point to your idyllic civilization. That is just dumb. Uh, huh. Well, yes. I can't wait to meet them and be mortified by all the horrible things coming out of my mouth. But for right you now... you were so full
1: of bile, Jeff.
0: I, it, well, first off, I'm not eating enough waffles. So... It's I, of... I
1: told you that they're now doing uh, the whole farm as a frozen waffle.
0: Oh, my God. Wow. As a frozen waffle? Yeah. Where you just take it home
1: or something? Yeah. Huh. Remember yeah. when we were there last? Oh, I remember. who was offering you the frozen waffles? Yes, I do remember, so they're Greg. now doing it. Uh, yeah. plain, chocolate mm-hmm. dipped, or the whole farm.
0: See, the chocolate dipped I would totally get. And, okay, here's the other thing for some comparison also, and contrast. Also, as you
1: said, they now do waffle window t-shirts as well. Oh, God. I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. <laughs> I do only think I'm joking.
0: Oh man, I'm so envious. Yeah, waffle window T-shirts would be awesome. Um, but Graham, here's the thing, and you know, it was great. Like, I didn't have time to skim all the reader question, questions, listener questions, but I do know that somebody asked for a waffle-related discussion. So I think we're we're right in the we've done it. Here. Well,
1: here's the thing. Oh, sorry, I'm looking at the website. It's the three Bs they're doing not The whole farm. Oh, okay. That actually ba- makes bacon, a sense. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the thing about asking for. Uh, twitter questions twitter just changed the way that they do ad replies and i've uh-huh. i'm not joking i've lost some fucking questions that people ask because they're not showing up anymore really yes
0: oh jesus christ that's that's just crazy because of course i saw a few for people who had actually threw both of us in. oh
1: there emotions. there's a there's a bunch this time yeah
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there is a ton. It started slow, and I'm like,
1: okay, well... This, yeah, well, that's I just it. I asked three be. times, because the first time I asked, like, maybe two people responded. And don't get me wrong, there's supposed to really good questions we could talk probably for the entire episode about. But right. so I was like, you know, I should ask again. And now I feel like we're, we, we might have enough for a few podcasts.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. As is the... So we may have to swing through it. Anyway, waffle-related. I They opened a waffle-style window at the San Francisco Center. They It is a very small store that does Belgian waffles, and they do the liege-style waffles there, as it's, well as the others.
1: It's apparently a thing, because Emily Stackhouse moved to Seattle, as you know, from San Francisco, uh, and I got an email from her the other week, and she said that one of the first things she and Nick her husband did was go and find a waffle window. And apparently there's a place in Seattle that serves the same type of waffles. Yeah,
0: yeah, there there are... There's also a guy who serves waffles at a bar, weirdly enough. Like, there's this bar that on some Sundays, this guy who actually has, like, a, you know, a non-bar day job, actually is, loves the Liege Belgian waffles. And so, like, one day a month, he shows up and makes waffles for people, and it's kind of like this big thing that Edie tipped me off to. We're trying to nail down a date so that we can actually go. Then there's the place that um, in the San Francisco Center, God bless them. The woman there working there was very, very sweet. Uh,
1: Did you I go found, up and just harass her about waffles?
0: Uh, no, no. I was like, I would like a plain Liege waffle. And uh, it was, it was, eh. You it, know? it
1: wasn't a Waffle Window waffle, is what you're saying.
0: It wasn't. The Waffle Window waffles are made fresh. These guys, as far as I can tell, they crank out the, the waffles when they're closed cut them up in sheets, and then rewarm them once you order them. And I could be completely wrong, and please don't sue me, whatever the name of your restaurant is. But it so, and also they cover it in, like, marshmallows and chocolate chips.
1: And oh, that's like not that. right.
0: Yeah, so I just wanted a plain liege waffle. And the great thing about the liege ones is they're not too sweet, but they are sweet, you know? And they're also crisp and warm, but they're not stale. And this one was, so I was bummed. Also, uh, for those people who purvey the frozen aisle of their supermarkets, Ego has a thick and fluffy waffle. It's like packages of six. They look a lot like liege waffles, and they smell a lot like cake once you uh, toast them up. Not great. I mean, okay for what they are, but a very poor substitute for waffle window waffles.
1: I have to ask, have you been seriously researching waffles? I feel like you just gave, like, the waffle update.
0: Yes, yes, no, no, I, I don't know. I. Yes, I've been a little obsessed, I admit it, but in a very low-key way, but yeah, it was kind you, of... Are you are, of that course, question. checking
1: wafflewindow.com for an update on everything they offer all the time, right?
0: No, I can't, because it's like torture, Torturegram. I'm not there. I can't, like, get... I, you know, if I did that, I would be driving up to Portland.
1: Waffle Window week. Catering, with our unique flavors and custom menu options, you'll be amazed what the window has to offer for your immense big event.
0: See, I love them. I... I love the Waffle Window people.
1: Jeff Parker, when you're listening to this uh, in Periscope, clearly you guys need to have the Waffle Window come in and cater a lunch at Periscope Studios. Oh my god. That would I'm, be amazing. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> Jeff's. Both she, Mr. Lyser and Mr. I,
0: I was about to say, I don't think I can get them to do a San Francisco lunch down here. That but, would be you know, spectacular believe hey, me,
1: I'm a big fan. You'll know because last time I was there, I had five waffles in four hours.
0: You, you basically cut me off and then I snuck back later. Yeah, well, You'll probably remember there, me. There's no
1: basically, she did cut you off.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, she did cut me off. Yeah.
1: <laughs> she actually said those words, Jeff.
0: Yeah, you are cut off. No, I I think she probably... Uh, yeah, okay. So I'm not sure what your point is there, Graham. But anyway... <laughs> yeah, if we... if Seriously, if I could have Waffle Window cater the next Nerd Brunch down here, I totally, totally would. That would be like...
1: Clearly you have best. to move Nerd Brunch to Portland.
0: Yes. Oh, interesting.
1: Hmm. Just throwing that idea out there as well. I'm just... I'm an idea tossing machine right now. You,
0: you are, I have to say. Um, okay. Well, I'm sh- ready sh- should to we, go
1: Should eat. we do the questions?
0: Yes, yes. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, questions. That's okay.
1: I mean. The first question is one that has got lost, but I remember what it was, which is Chad Nevitz asked that we hype up his um, blogathon, which, what? as I then asked him, will actually be over by the time you listen to this, podcasters. Um, some background: Do you know Chad's blogathon? Have you been following them in the past?
0: Yes, yes, uh, and I think they are great things. I'm always impressed. What's he? But I, I haven't. I haven't been checking in on the site. Do you know what he's going to be covering for
1: the next? I, w- I want to say it's, it's a variety of things. He has hmm. said, let's see. He has talked about he is going to be writing about the Dark Knight Strikes Again, uh-huh. uh, specifically its relationship to the Dark Knight Returns and Kingdom Come, which I think will be interesting. The Authority Revolution, which is Ed Brubaker and Dustin Gwynn's um, Authority series, which no one really remembers and I seem to remember being It, it Was Alright, The Program by Peter Milligan and Cam Smith uh-huh. um, Some of the Mark Wade Fantastic Four uh-huh. Various interpretations of Superman, including All-Star Superman, Joe Casey's Adventures of Superman, Superman for Tomorrow and Stephen Seagal's It's a Bird hmm. uh, He's thinking about doing some Iron Man I believe as well uh, he did it in the past about Bendis' Avengers right that was great when he basically yeah, like, that's I, the would, one where I, I went, went through to all. all of Bendis' Avengers let's see he's also doing Iron Man the Inevitable uh, he's doing which is the Joe Casey series with Fraser Irving art right uh, he's going to be looking at the new X-Men story Murder at the Mansion through the prism of Raymond Chandler's 12 notes on the mystery story nice uh, and also Warren else's Superhuman Trilogy, Black Summer, No Hero, and Supergod.
0: Oh, that's fantastic.
1: So no, Especially... There will be all manner of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, what the blogathon is, listeners who... This will have passed, so you can go back and look at it. Uh, Chad, who used to do the Splash page podcast, writes for a site called Graphic Content, which is graphic content, one word with one C. So Graphic Content, or Graphic content uh dot blogspots.com uh and on august fifteenth, which I think is going to be the day before this podcast to go live, uh every half hour for twenty four hours, he's going to post a new mini essay on comics. Which is kind of stunning.
0: Yeah, that's pretty substantive. That it's great stuff. Everyone should go check it out. Especially, gosh, who is the the guy who's very nice who always uh, asks us if we want to read Super God, um, the Warren Ellis thing?
1: Oh, he 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 did it in the most recent uh, comments.
0: Yeah, or or next to most recent, since we just keep cranking those out. Um, we we can't David, stop. We can't. We can't stop, so we won't stop, or something. David Bitterbaum, who, uh, who, who, yeah, would love to
1: hear about us talking about Super God. Which, which would be great if either of us had actually finished Super God. I, I've only read like two issues. Yeah,
0: I, I have not picked. I picked up part of it and went through
1: it. And I was like, huh. I probably, yeah. I probably will at some point read it and and sure. talk about it here. I'll probably get it from the library. But in the meantime, go and read Chad talking about it because it will probably be awesome. Um, but also I should say the blogathon is a charity thing he's doing it's yes to support the hero initiative yeah that's uh, right so everyone go over to graphic g-r-a-p-h-i-c-o-n-t-e-n-t .blogspot.com um, and read what is likely to be a ridiculous amount of really smart commentary in a really very short time, time. and yeah. then give some money to the Hero Initiative because you really should Yes, there you go well,
0: well done, well, that well, disappeared from you? because that's actually still in my comments
1: it's gone for me wow. um, next question was Jordan Smith who uh, right. said yes. you each Yay, three sweetie. minutes pitch a book for the next wave of DC releases wow
0: yeah, that's gonna be okay. Um, do, do you go first, Grim?
1: <laughs> Thanks. Um, okay, Element Woman. I want to see an Element Woman series, uh, uh-huh. and I want to see it not with the Element Woman who's appearing in Flashpoint, although the same character, but I don't want to see the Jeff Jones cutesy version of her uh-huh. being not quite there. I want it to be legitimate because, as it is right now, Element Woman come on and she be like. Hi, I've got these superpowers, but I'm kind of crazy. Tee does anyone want random food-related reference? Which is exactly the same way Jeff Johns did uh, mental... Uh, I was going to say mental insanity, which is not the word I'm looking for. <laughs> no, mental illness. Um, it was with Starman in Justice right. Society. Mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. really kind of annoys me, to be honest. It, it's it's mental, mental illness played for not even laughs, but really cute, annoying laughs. I'd like to see... I do, you don't have sci-fi, do you, the, the TV network? No, I do not. In uh, Alphas, which is the their X-Men-ish eh, TV show that's pretty Doom Patrol-y, Um y that, that's running right now, there's a character there who's autistic. Uh, and I really like the way that they do that. I really like the way that he seems legitimately autistic, if that makes sense. It doesn't seem like fake. In that right. he's He's capable, but he's also not in exactly the same place as everyone else, for want of a better way of putting it. Right. Um, I'd like to see Element Woman done like that. I'd like to see Rex Mason as part of the supporting cast, but not as Metamorpho. Nice. Um, Because I really liked Rex Mason before Metamorpho, if that makes sense. Like, I thought there was a lot of potential potential with that character that you could really investigate. Um, But I'd like to see a smart fast moving vaguely science based um, series based around a character with a mental illness I I think that could be really interesting
0: yeah that would be really interesting
1: Uh, if not that then I'd like to see a bulletier series spinning out of uh, Seven Soldiers
0: Wow, also nice. Now, wait—are we pitching? Are we pitching these as in these are the books that we just want to see?
1: Well, yeah. What he said is, um, we assume there will be a replacement titles. Name one,
0: right? Okay, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's so that's. Well, that's nice. You I, gave him two I, I for gave the price two. of one.
1: Yeah, no, no, for you.
0: Okay, uh, and I'm like, damn it, what would I... Ah. So what I would like to see, what I've wanted to see for years is a smart, intelligent, mysterious, and somewhat sexy Angel and the Ape. Maybe imagine it written by um, Murakami, the guy who wrote the Wind-Up Bird Chronicles, and illustrated by... I don't know, Popo, Nathan Fox, that kind of action where Sam, who as you remember, is an ape who's also a comic book artist, is caught up in uh, his career has more or less washed out in comics because the tide has left him, and his his period where he was drawing as, I don't know, part of the Image Comics Studios or something like that has kind of left him high and dry. He has no way of making a living, and so he's reluctantly turned back to private detective work. Uh, meanwhile, his best friend, uh, Angel O'Day... Uh, has um, managed to get herself involved in this uh, terrifying worldwide conspiracy that involves, like, random household objects. And uh, the two of them are in the process of solving the mystery of the universe when Sam actually gets recruited by the alien CD comics that have decided to relaunch their entire titles in... And since he actually was really close to one of the Image Comics creators, now has his pick and choice of two or three different books. So on the one hand, it's Murakami-style, cons- absurd David Lynchian conspiracy thriller. And on the other hand, it's Bakuman-style um, deconstruction of the American comics industry.
1: Did you just make that up right now?
0: Yes. I have no number oh, two series.
1: Oh, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would read the shit out of that book.
0: <laughs> to be fair, I've always wanted to do an Angel in the Ape series, so Yeah, I also half of I that... want
1: I want you to write it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> At that stage, I'll, I'll totally settle for... There's a few other writers that I would be willing to see handle that. but uh. I, I should also say that um, if we're picking creative teams, I want Amy Bender, the novelist, to write my Element with Me book. Ooh, nice. Yeah, that would be kind of great. Um, um, and I want... Who do I want to draw? Fuck, oh, who do I want to draw? Who's the guy who's doing the covers for the new Dark Horse Buffy comic? Oh,
0: I don't know. You have to look him up. Uh, I mean, because I'm like, ooh, if we're drawing in literary people, I'm like.
1: Mm, you, hang on. You started with drawing in literary people. Who Well, yeah. You... yeah exactly. I, see, I said Murakami
0: esque. I didn't say get Murakami, although, oh my God. Actually, that'd be I awesome think you
1: online.
0: did. Did I? Oh, well, <laughs> okay. I play sort of fast and loose with the rules, I suppose. <laughs> uh, dude, actually, the and Steve, this is. Steve
1: Morris is the name of the guy who's doing the covers. I want to see Steve Morris draw. Okay. That sounds fair. Everyone in front of your computers that you're listening to this, if you're not listening to it on a mobile device, um, Google Steve Morris and imagine him doing an element woman comic. That would be lovely. And I've just Googled Steve Morris and apparently you come up with the guy who builds racing engines. That's not, the- <laughs> that, not that'll good. totally they'll be like, huh. Hey, oh, I, I like to make blueprinty. It could work. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> okay. Well, so I think we answered that in our own special ways. Uh, I
1: think we really, definitely gave Smitty the wild conjecture he was looking for.
0: Well, for sure. <laughs> Although there's more. I actually the only because I sort of browse some of the questions. Um, the only one that I had the time that obsessed me, where it's like, oh, I've got to, pre- I have to prepare an answer that will blow everyone's minds. Uh, I did do that for oh, only one question.
1: I've See, I've not even browsed an that, I've lost some. So, for all I know, that question might be one of the ones I've lost. Anyway, moving on. Maybe um, not, yeah. Adam Knave says you have to relaunch the DCU next month. Next month, using only written <laughs> artists from the 1960s and 70s Marvel. <laughs> because that's likely to happen. Who's right. the big books? I'm guessing we're saying, like, they have to be alive, right?
0: Well, okay, here's my thing, because this is the one I went to town on. I'd say it's, it's
1: completely tra- your sweet spots.
0: Yeah, I was like, oh, thank you, Adam. It was so nice of him to give me a gimme question, because all the insider baseball-y stuff that you can handle, this is the one that's, like, my sweet spot. So I chose um, the idea of, and you don't have to stick with this, but... People who um, – from the 60s and 70s who – as if they're time-plucked from 60s or the
1: 70s. So, oh, I like, see. Yeah, example. that's mm-hmm. – that makes it much easier.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's my thing because some of the names I'm like – like if I put them in that book tomorrow, I would not want to read it if it was the person that was – Still
1: around it. right now, yeah.
0: Exactly, exactly. So, you know, you can hear my list or you oh, can Oh, no. I totally want to hear list. your list. Okay, Jim Starlin, uh, writing and drawing, Shade the Changing Man. Uh, Bill Mantlo and Michael Golden doing Green Lantern. Uh, Steve Gerber and whoever he wants, preferably Kurt Swan, doing Superman, just because he's always wanted a shot at it. Don McGregor and P. Craig Russell doing Wonder Woman. Uh, Len Wein or Marv Wolfman with Gene Colan doing The Demon. Michael Fleischer and John Basima doing Claw the Unconquered Uh, Steve Englehart and Gil Kane doing The Flash Uh, Howard Chaykin doing Johnny Double Chris Claremont and Dave Cockrum then later replaced by John Byrne doing The Legion of Superheroes Uh, Peter B. Gillis and Jim Steranko doing Batman
1: Oh, wait, was Peter, was Peter B. Gillis around in the 70s?
0: He came in at the very tail end. It's a little bit of a cheat. Okay. I think he might be like early 80s.
1: He, he, he totally always seemed like mid-80s to me because I remember his um, second Micronauts series and the yes. Strange Tales he did,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, but I think I'm hoping, praying, that maybe when he was doing Marvel 2 and one it was at the very last days of the 70s and not the early days of the 80s. But, okay. Yeah, maybe I'm off. But
1: still, but, Jeff, that's a hell of a list.
0: That, oh, I'm not even done. I'm halfway through. <laughs> Sure. Denny O'Neill and Barry Windsor Smith on Detective Comics uh, Stanley and Jack Kirby on Justice League of America uh, Steve Ditko on The Creeper or anything he wants but I'd like to see him do The Phantom Stranger Roy Thomas and C.C. Beck on Shazam Archie Goodwin and Herb Trimpey on Sergeant Rock uh, Jerry Conway and George Perez on The Brave and the Bold and just to fuck with everyone Michael Fleischer and Don Heck on Jonah
1: Hex Holy crap! I'm not even going to attempt to come up with a list. I'm just going to say Are you sure everything Deb said. <laughs> that's like amazing. Said, that, that you you did think about that. I was
0: in a car. I had a commute home, and I was started thinking, and I was like, hmm, what, 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 what? So yeah, again, people, this is my sweet spot. So
1: um, that's an amazing yeah, list. Yeah, Here, do me a favor. Mm-hmm. When you post this, actually post that as a list. Okay. <laughs> No, seriously, because I've already forgotten some of the names and I remember when you were reading them out, I was like, that's an amazing idea. Yeah. So so I actually posted it as a list so people can go back and refer to it.
0: Okay. We'll
1: do. We'll do. Also, um, we have to invent a time machine.
0: Yeah. You know, honestly, there's a couple of these where I'm like, Oh, I would love to see P. Craig Russell from the seventies drawing Wonder Woman. Wouldn't that be kind of amazing? Yeah.
1: I, I really just would love to see that. Also, Steve Deko doing Phantom Stranger was inspired.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it was a little, it was one part analog to one part like, wow, what happened there? Are you okay?
1: I'm still here, yeah.
0: Okay, because all of a sudden there was this like, pshht, like I'm like, oh my God, he's spontaneously human <laughs>
1: That was so exciting. I just blew up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Steve Ditko on The Venom Stranger. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd be kind of curious, what do you think of as a Legion fan? What would you think of 70s Chris Claremont on Legion of Superheroes?
1: Uh, I think he'd be. Put fu- I, I think he'd be as good as mm-hmm. the seventies Legion of Superheroes. If that makes sense. Right. Uh, and someone in the comments, I think, said something along the lines of one day we should talk about Claremont's influence on superhero comics, which is, Ooh, yeah, vast. But I think he really definitely had an imp- uh, an influence on Levitz's second Legion run. The, the 1980s run oh interesting the giffen run yeah ah, okay not so much the giffen run as what came after it. i think uh steve lytle and definitely the greg la, la roquette mm, whatever his name is, i think is uh has a lot of claremont and actually his new legion also has way more claremont mm-hmm. um in part because of the saturn queen being the evil dominatrix plot is I'm I'm not like it's a Claremont story. It really is. She's going around, She's going around and people are calling her like Mistress and My Queen. And wow. she's like, I possess you like my feet. I mean it's 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 very Claremont.
0: Rip from the pages of Chris Claremont's Boustier. <laughs> uh yeah,
1: that's uh I was gonna say Chris Claremont's bad. diary, but close enough <laughs> allegedly. Um yeah, it, I it could work. Uh huh. So, uh, yeah, I, I could see it. Uh, what sort of amused me, I guess, was that you were like Claremont and Cockrum replaced by Burn. So basically you just won the Uncanny X-Men team.
0: Yes, yes, exactly.
1: exactly. Because, I, I, I mean, Cockrum loved the Legion. Cockrum did Legion and, and did the Legion really well.
0: Right. And um, and in so, fact the Imperial Guard are a bunch of are the Legion, yeah. Yeah, so you know, but uh, it clearly it'd be great.
1: But at the same time, I don't think I'd like Burn in the Legion. You know, especially this, the Burn of that era.
0: See, I think seventies burn it might work because although it's not as beautiful as Cockrum's work and I mean I honestly this was a problem I had when Cockrum left the X-Men. I love oh god I was one of the few people in comicdom who did not who was not digging on John Byrne taking over X-Men and I loved Claremont and Byrne on Iron Fist like with a passion but when he came in I'm like ah everything was so like tight and it wasn't an expansive, you know. Byrne's a pretty Ratcheted down storyteller before he became just flat out dull, but but that all that being said, if you look at like some of the Marvel team ups from that era that he was doing with Claremont, and even as X Men Uncanny X Men hits its stride, Byrne has a, a lot of love for science fiction, um, and I think would help sort of like push things in interesting directions, and he's very. He's opinionated about characters, and I think his pushing and pulling really helped to make the Uncanny X Men a
1: more interesting was. team. Yeah, you,
0: you know. But, but, yeah. Here,
1: but here's my problem: the burn of that era, I feel his faces were incredibly similar. Mm-hmm. I think he went, he like, he peaked where he was able to differentiate characters, and then he sort of went back down. And I think the burn you have now that people are like, "That's not good," it's actually not a million miles away from early burn. And mm-hmm. I think when you've got a character like Legion that has like 25 odd members, Right. you have to have a way of differentiating them better than just their costumes. And let's face a lot of Legion artists can only differentiate <laughs> Legion through their costumes. Yeah, I was about to say, it's really hard to no, do. No, 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 but I totally that's why, agree that's with you. I go you. for a different yeah. artist mm-hmm. who would be better at it. Is there one you can think of? Weirdly enough, I. Uh, I don't know, but I'm tempted to, like, from, I would pick 1960s Don Heck. Wow, interesting. Just, just to blow some minds.
0: Yeah, I, I almost put him on Brave and the Bold, or, oh, I almost put him on Justice League, because I thought that he would be such a good analog to sort
1: of Dick Dylan in yeah. a way, you know? Or even Mike Skowski, they've got, he's got a similar, like, line sometimes. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 it's true, it's true.
1: Yeah, um, was always more comfortable with real people, for one of a better way, putting it in the same way that Heck was. Yeah, exactly. See it when he's drawing like regular people.
0: Yeah, exactly. Which is why I thought throwing him on a western would be nice. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. That's a. It's a tough question because you, you really do like. I, I think that Burn wasn't as um, facile with like hair and faces as, say, Cockrum was, and you know, Cockrum, oh, Cockrum and also had. A- and,
1: Cochran and lesser extent, but Cochran really um, was interested in fashion as well. Yes, exactly. which again really matters when you've got twenty-five odd characters in the book.
0: Oh, agreed. Which is why, like, some of his Legion designs that he did actually stuck. It's just I had to, I had to do it on a switch-up because I also knew that Dave Cochran would not be able to keep his schedule. So it was kind of like, okay, in order to try and imagine
1: a, I love that you're like, I could pick him from the past. But he's not going to be able to keep the schedule. <laughs> right, it's like, <laughs> like going to, to be three months and then yeah. what? Yeah.
0: <laughs> totally. Dude, dude, I could probably go into like terrifying lengths about each of these, believe
1: it or not. Um, Adam also asks, what are your favorite comics of the last few months? What should we be reading that we aren't?
0: God, I'm not a really good person to be asking that. i have
1: going to randomly say Dungeons and Dragons from IDW.
0: Yeah, you know, they've got to come out with like a fucking
1: paperback of that. Son of they a have. Page. No, I thought it was still a hardcover. Is it a hardcover? Oh, God, that's a mistake. Yeah, um, yeah. John Rogers' Dungeons & Dragons is just... I mean, the art is not really to my taste, to be honest. It's Andrea DeVito, mm-hmm. and I, I find that really bland. But the writing is just everything I could possibly want from that sort of comic. Right. It's right. really funny. It's really sharp. It, mm-hmm. It's fast as fuck. It reads incredibly well in singles, and then when you read them all at once, you get a different layer of joke. Mm-hmm. In, in the mm-hmm. across the chapters it's just, it's really, really good stuff I don't even like fantasy, mm-hmm. and yet Dungeons & Dragons is one of my favorite books every month
0: yeah, I, I would love to I, I'm still dying to read it so, uh, I, I'm sure everyone on the net or anyone that's listened to us has picked up Daredevil number one, of course I thought that was really strong um,
1: oh, certainly so did you pick up Mystic number one? talking about Marvel launches lately no, but I heard amazing things. I loved it. I really I, and I liked like I like G. Willow Wilson's writing anyway. I thought Air was really good. I thought Cairo was good. Um, and there's something about this book that's just in her sweet spot, but also David Lopez's art as colored by Nathan Fairburn mm-hmm. is just glorious. I mean it is it's a sort of book that's not going to appeal to everyone. I definitely saw some people complaining that uh, I think Jameson Henty was one of the people who was saying, you know, it's too Disneyfied for him. Right. But um, yeah, I I thought it was great. I thought it was an incredibly good first issue, and honestly, the sort of thing that made me think, this is this is the sort of comic that people publishers should be pushing.
0: And it, like, is it in the is it in set in the Marvel six one six? No,
1: it's it's all in its own thing. It's not even connected to the other CrossGen books. Uh
0: huh. Uh huh.
1: Mm. Interesting.
0: Okay, well, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, I definitely remember seeing some stuff on it. I think actually you called it like the book.
1: Of- oh, I, 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 yeah, I thought it was the best book of last week. Easily. Yeah. yeah. It, started, be- it started because literally I just pushed on Kid. Mm-hmm. I oh. bear in oh. mind, like, last week also, it's the zero issue of Snarks coming out. Snarks was really good as well. Oh, yeah. So, so for Mystic to take place over Snarks, which I think is like a, an almost perfect all ages comic. You should hopefully speak to how good I thought Mystic was.
0: Right, right. And that's
1: the Roger... It's um, the new Roger language series.
0: Language book from uh, yeah, Boom,
1: right? Yeah, that is um, based on slash dripping off slash somewhere in between um, the Walrus and Carpenter, mm-hmm. uh, and also Hunting of the Snark. Wow. But also, it's like, what if Wimpy from Popeye was a walrus...
0: Okay, but, I've got to get the book. This already
1: sounds. But perfect. he was kind of smarter, but not that much smarter, and he has an idiot for a sidekick, <laughs> and he's trying to con his way into the castle to steal things. Wow! And so it tells the princess that he's looking for snarks, that... like that's that's the setup for the first issue. Wow, wow,
0: that sounds great. Yeah, that's one that I've got. To, is that now? Did you get a preview copy? Or it it
1: came is? out last week, though. It's, oh, okay. it's um, right, the, the it. zero issue came out last week, which is a dollar for. I want to say maybe twelve pages of story, mm-hmm. uh, but there's also some previous sketches and the complete Wallers and the Carpenter, and I want to say maybe the complete Hunting of the Snarks in there as well. Wow! Uh, so it's, it's, it's like thirty-two pages of content.
0: Man, that's amazing.
1: It's 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 a great, great, great book. So sure wow. that as well. Right. I'm trying to think right. what else has been really good in the last
0: few months. Well, mm. yeah, I mean, I, I you know, um, Criminal, Last of the Innocent, of course, I, which I talked about last week, I quite liked. Um, I'm. This is the thing. I'm like, the last month or so, I feel like the amount of comics I've read has been really small. And also, once they're not in my line of sight, I'm ridiculous. Yeah, that, it,
1: it, is, it is kind of crazy. I'm like, I'm sure there's other things.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm like, uh... Uh yeah. So I, I'm gonna let you carry that. Of course Bakuman volume six should be out, and I'm super excited about that. I'm kind of dying but about the fact that I don't have it in my hands. And if I had been aware that it I don't know if it hit comics experience last week. I assume that it did. Um
1: Oh do you know it's been released today? That I really want. Yes. Showcase Trial of the Flash. Oh, is that out? That's today. I'm
0: shocked you haven't gone and picked that up yet. I've been, I've been eating waffles and then working. Yeah, but you're not eating waffles with people of merit. You probably could have ducked out <laughs> earlier.
1: Uh, but as soon as we finish, I'm going to the store to pick it up.
0: Okay, that sounds fair. Um, yeah, shit. I don't know. I don't think I'm going to be very good on this on this one. I'll have to answer next week.
1: Okay. Whatever happened to Michael Fleischer? Asks Adam Wilkin. And has DC hinted at any plans for more reprints of Jonah X? Ooh. Uh I mean, what's well, the latter? I don't think they've entered anything. Uh probably cuz John Hughes died in the movie theater. Well yeah, <laughs> so, like, exactly. Comic sales were never good and then the movie completely tanked. So, yeah. uh, unless we get I mean, we are probably going to get another showcase at some point.
0: Yeah, which will cover a huge amount of that stuff. So, you know.
1: Um uh, I- whatever I'm to Michael fleischer He definitely did some terrible 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 stories for 2000 AD in the 90s. Yeah, uh, that right. were so bad. But I've told you stories before, right? They were terrible, and everyone hated them. But he was so prolific that he ended up running them because they'd bought them. <laughs> Did I never tell you that? It. No, you didn't. Yeah, it is hilarious. It, it, they were. I mean, everyone hated them. Because wow. you'd get the letters and you'd see fandom, and everyone was like, "This is just atrociously bad." Um, but he had apparently written them so quickly. mhm that they, they kept running them for years, wow! Because he just churned the fuckers out. But um, he he's the writer that famously wrote uh, a story that the editor I think the editor might be Andy Daigle at the time I can't remember um, mm-hmm. basically inherited and then was looking at it and was like I have to rewrite this from scratch because it included a character in a spaceship open a window and climb out.
0: Wait, who said who did that?
1: <laughs> one, one a character make a series.
0: I believe it. I totally
1: believe it. I mean, I'm like, apparently, I tell my apparently they were like, "What?" Uh, yeah, apparently, his stories were full of things like that. Just, just, he had absolutely no, not even gift for science fiction, but awareness of the laws of physics.
0: Oh, I believe I'd it. So I believe it. It's part you, of one of the things that's awesome about, we
1: shoot guns through through like spaceships and everything would be fine. Yeah, it, it was terrible. Uh Yeah, I totally see that because that seems like Fleischer.
0: I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he was doing it accident uh, on purpose. Just because reading his Ghostwriter stuff is, uh, you know, as we know, as you know from hearing me rant about it, kind of a weirdly transformative experience for me. In that here was here's a guy trying to recreate comics from like 1938, and not even in the oh, I'm Roy Thomas, and I'm going to like you know, take those stories and connect them to the modern stories and tell them in my Roy Thomasy way. It's like Michael Flasher's like, no, I want to do a done-in-one where every episode, you know, the hero gets drunk, beat up by bullies, then he turns them all into candle wax, and they cry for their immortal souls, and then he doesn't give a crap. You know, like he's really very Fletcher Hanks-ish in the, his approach. Interestingly enough, I went to Wikipedia. I I was
1: going to say, I'm just right at the end of Wikipedia entry, which blew my mind. Yes!
0: I was just (laughs) going to damn you. I was going to try and blow it for you. But we we will take care of the listeners' brains. Afterward, Fleischer attended college in New York City from 1987 to 1991 while also writing for the British Comics Magazine 2000 AD. Leaving the comics field that year, he moved to Ann Arbor, Michigan for graduate school, at the University of Michigan from 94 to 96, researching his Ph.D. thesis on commercialized cattle theft in Tanzia while living for two years near Nairobi. He then spent a year in New York writing his dissertation and earned a doctorate in anthropology. Since 2002, he has worked as a, quote, freelance anthropological consultant, carrying out research assignments for humanitarian organizations in the developing
1: world, close quote. And if you scroll down slightly you'll see that in 2008 he published something called shambler an insider's novel of the comic book world
0: which i want to read so badly now i could cry i'm dying to see that i'm like jumping over to amazon in the hopes that someone's going to have a copy of that isn't that amazing i i'm like what because what kind of beans could he spill I'm sure he would feel like an incredible outsider for most of this stuff. Interestingly enough, his, as you know, his encyclopedia of comic book heroes, at least for Batman, I think also for Superman and Wonder Woman, may still be
1: in print. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, well, they've been slightly updated.
0: Yeah, it, exactly. They updated them slightly, but... but. A, a total amount of the disturbing text Is still available
1: uh, pl- oh. Please tell me that you have gone to the Amazon page And you see the spectacular cover for Shambler
0: Yes, what the <laughs> hell It took me a second to find it
1: but uh, Internet people, uh, please Please, while listening to this Go to Amazon and look up Shambler and insider's novel of the comic book world Because there is no way a description of this cover Will do it any justice whatsoever yeah, yeah, There, there totally. literally isn't But yeah, you can buy one For 12 52
0: I know, it's a little expensive. The thing that's weird is if I could buy that right now for my iPad for about that much, I would totally, totally was. Yeah, that cover is fantastic. Um,
1: and by fantastic, I think, we don't mean that words. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of, like, <laughs> was, impressed. That, that cover is um, terrible. Yeah,
0: it is. But I love the I love the little catchphrase.
1: You, you, should, you should read that out for the listeners.
0: Yes. Once was a man but now a beast it's that's like the best because I'm like I can't wait to see what exactly Shambler uh, has to say about the comics are there reviews did we even find if there there,
1: were there's sadly oh I, I didn't look there's no reviews on Amazon I didn't look beyond that
0: oh wait a minute have you found one Okay, uh, no, but interestingly enough, I thought it was a like his tell-all, but apparently it's a thinly disguised tell-all. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: geez. Oh, come on! That almost makes a badger.
0: Not necessarily, because to me, it's like
1: you want you want names named.
0: Well, interestingly enough, well, yeah, I kind of wanted to hear about his search through it, right? But like his his whole like. Kevin Ellman grew up in the golden age of comics. Uh, as an adult, he realized his dream by becoming a professional comic book writer, crafting comic book stories of his favorite heroes. His greatest creation was the Shambler, a strange beast man, half insane but intensely empathic, and touched by the love of the golden starling. The Shambler sales soared, and Kevin became famous. Now, this is kind of interesting. I'm, A, interested like this, but I also find it fascinating that with the next... But in the 1970s, the comic book landscape was transformed. There's no way you could create the Shambler outside of the 70s. You yeah, know what the I mean? Sham-
1: yeah, the Shambler, or as we call man thing.
0: Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, huh. Yeah, yeah. You know what I've
1: just realized, Jeff? Yes. Mike Fleischer should do a tell-all comic illustrated by Mike Netzer.
0: Oh, that would be great. You know, I do think that we're just oh, Mike Netzer, that would be fantastic. Well, there, there, we should open, like, an imprint, like, Burning Bridges Comics, you know, and just have it be, like...
1: Equal. Oh, God, seriously. That, and then uh, I get Steve Englehart to do his own version of, like, the comic book heroes. Like, Steve Englehart tells his version of the comic book industry's history. Because Actually, that would be the greatest book ever, because it would be completely faithful up until he enters... The right. industry, and then everything after that would be him.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it would also be great to get Steve Englehart to write the comic book biography of Steve Englehart. That would be fantastic and very similar.
1: Especially if um, it's all written in Steve Englehart dialogue.
0: Oh, that would be the best.
1: <laughs> okay, Steve Englehart, who, don't forget, lives fairly close to you, Jeff. You have to make this happen.
0: His name may be Jim Shooter, but he wasn't a straight shooter to me.
1: Da- no, dash, dash, exclamation point. Yes. Also, you dash, have to dash, emphasize dash. random words.
0: Well, I thought shooter. I don't know. How am I going to... But he wasn't a straight shooter
1: to me. No, 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 to no, me, No? His name but. emphasis might be Jim <laughs> <gym> Shooter, <laughs> but he wasn't a straight shooter. <laughs> <laughs> dash, dash, exclamation point.
0: Alright, that's pretty good, I have to say. Yeah, his uh, that emphasis thing. I could never figure that out. I was like, is it just the verbs? I I don't know. We should probably move on.
1: Uh, Ahmed, and I'm going to ruin your name, and I'm really sorry. Uh, Bullion? perhaps B H U L Y A N asks just out of curiosity. Since Scott Snyder's run on Detective Comics has ended, it ends today, dear listeners. Um, what's your favorite Batman storyline?
0: Oh wow! On you go. You know, and it's terrible, because I've been really looking forward to reading the Scott Snyder stuff when it gets collected, but I have not read it, so I, I could be cutting some people out by omission. Um, let's see, my favorite Batman...
1: I actually have a really weird semi-answer to this. Okay. The most nostalgic Batman storyline to me huh? is um, Jim Starling and Jim was. Was it Four Nights of the Beast or Ten oh Nights Oh, my
0: God, Graham, I almost said that. Jesus God, really? Yeah. H- holy because shit. Because that
1: was pretty much when I started reading Batman comics.
0: Wow. See, and I was older than you, but I remember thinking that that storyline was actually really kick-ass in a way.
1: Oh, it it's was. Very, it really felt yeah. really good. And had great Mike Zeck covers, which is what made mm-hmm. me pick it up. Because I even yeah. remember as a kid, I couldn't even have been that much of a kid. It must have been like 11 or 12. Um, picking it up and being disappointed that German and Power did not draw like uh, Mike Zag. Mm-hmm. Because I knew Mike Zag through Secret Wars.
0: Mm-hmm. mm mm-hmm.
1: um, But no, that that still has like this incredibly strong draw to me. Oh, man. That's Yeah, of-
0: no. Me too. Me too, actually. that That storyline and the whole KGB stuff and it's a weirder right-wing... Batman flavored story uh and super you know very much in the style of uh post frank miller stuff oh yeah but, definitely
1: starlin was right there,
0: yeah, but i I have a huge fondness for that um you know it's tough uh i i'll I'll rattle off a couple i mean i I think actually um one of the best Batman arcs of all time was Batman, the animated series. Uh, which was just brilliant. And really, for a while there, was kind of like my version of the Batman.
1: Oh, Um, yeah, it was really good.
0: Yeah, that was fantastic. Um, Getting around to reading Englehart's stuff after the fact, a lot of which I did not see, um, was brilliant. Um, You know, that the the Joker fish.
1: Here's complete heresy. Uh Marshall Rogers art puts me off that stuff so badly. I can see that. I can see that.
0: Because it's sort of, there's stuff on, actually, it doesn't me, but I think I, being older than you, I have a stronger tolerance for that stuff, that style, you know? like Because I was looking at some, some stuff in this Jim Starlin, uh, A Life in Words and Pictures book. Oh, actually, you know what it was? It was looking at uh, Jerry Conway and um, Al Milgram's uh, uh, Firestorm. There's a few. There's some of the heads there look very starlinish to me, and there was something about the spotted flecked background that I was like, oh right. And Marshall Rogers draws really strongly in this style too, where it's kind of like design heavy, but like the figures are strangely flattened, you know. But, yeah. But also expressive. Um, I, yeah, I can see why that stuff would put you off. I actually thought it was quite lovely.
1: I've, I've been reading um, again more essential Spider-Mans lately Mm -hmm. and there's an era where John Romita's being inked by Al Milgram Mm -hmm. and it it is it's not a good pairing but it's kind of Mm -hmm. fascinating why it's not a good pairing
0: yeah you know Milgram's one of those dudes who frankly I kind of never dug him much he actually
1: was a pretty good editor as I recall because didn't he take over he he did Marvel fanfare and I are you going to say didn't he take over Epic? Yeah. I don't think I, I don't think he did.
0: Okay. Maybe I'm just screwing up his maybe I'm screwing up his sketches of of himself in Marvel Age for uh, uh Archie Goodwin's sketches of himself for Epic. But um
1: is, I, he, he might actually have edited Epic magazine, but not mm-hmm. the Epic imprint if that makes sense.
0: Mm, maybe. Although I think Goodwin went on on the Epic magazine too. All I know is Milgram is an interesting character and fascinatingly placed in the center of a lot of comics that I like and yet fascinatingly enough when I was looking at his Firestorm, I'm like "Hmm, man, this art is clunky. And
1: then this art exists. Yeah, I remember again when I was a kid, I was reading his uh, West Coast Avengers of Thangalhart and I loved there was a period where he was being because he was penciling, where he was being inked by Joe Sinnott Mm, and I loved wow. that because wow. that that really had a, a gloss to it, yeah. And, and a Which way it was stood, this? West Coast Avengers.
0: oh Okay, I was going to say West Coast Avengers. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but then yeah, Sinet S- left after maybe mm-hmm. like the first year, mm-hmm. uh, and the art never ever worked for me again after that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Although I'm trying to think. Do you
1: remember who was drawing? Was Milgram drawing Peter
0: Parker, Spectacular Spider-Man in for- the lead up to 100? Yeah because okay, yeah, that's was stuff, writing Android. drawing Okay, because that stuff actually had some... Uh, there, I always get it confused with who was drawing when Bill Mantlo was writing it, but That was Eric
1: some, Hannigan, I think
0: Yeah, who was also doing the covers yes. I think actually Hannigan... I like Hannigan's work on Peter Parker a lot. I, actually that Bill Mantlo-Hannigan run is really nice
1: And it's, it's a fairly, fairly long mm-hmm. It is. They're, they're, on, they're on there for a while.
0: Yeah, like two years or more, even um, because I think, as I recall, you know, Mantlo jumped in on Peter Parker really early. And I don't remember if he, like, kept coming back or... I I see
1: Frodo, he's but, pretty much just there for the longest time.
0: Yeah, but then his stuff really kicked in. It's a it's kind of amazing, thinking back on it, how influential all that stuff is, you know? Like, the Black Cat still has fans, I think, in, you know, born entirely out of the stuff they were doing in there.
1: Yeah. Um, no, I mean he he did he did the longest the longest thing. Uh-huh. Let's okay. see, I'm trying to I'm looking up to see if it's got a how long. He would, are you hearing the many neighborhood dogs having an dog? Yeah, Wait,
0: what's happening with the the many many dogs?
1: Uh they're just barking. Oh, okay. d I mean there's 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 nothing to it. <laughs> the dogs are barking. <laughs> okay, so it looks like Bill Mantlo started on issue nine. Uh yeah. was on there all the way. I'm gonna blow your mind. Issue eighty-nine.
0: Okay, yeah, that sounds right. Like I suddenly realized, I'm like, oh right, right before that
1: issue. I was on for seven years.
0: Yeah, that's that's an amazing run because he did the whole uh, what's that guy Carrion, you know, and that that whole storyline with Jim Mooney on the art and Fra- one of Frank Miller's first issues is like Peter Parker after he's. Peter Parker's blinded by that Daredevil villain. Ah, that was around issue 27. Like, that was all Mantlo stuff, and then he's doing the later stuff in the 80s, and then who follows him? Does that end up being... Uh... Uh, uh, Milgram. Oh, wow, okay. So, yeah, so it makes sense that there's a little bit of... The sad part is we're supposed to be discussing Batman and doing a really terrible job.
1: Um. Let's see, what other Batman runs have we liked? I really liked, uh, and it's just been reprinted, uh, is it called Dark Knight, Dark City? The Peter Milligan... Keir, oh, I can't wait Drew to... Flyer, yeah, 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 like exactly. Sue Parker was really good. Really, really strong. Yeah. Um, Grant Morrison stuff's a lot of fun, obviously.
0: You know, Grant Morrison stuff's good. Batman I, Year One is good. Uh, do you remember that Detective Comics Annual by Michael W. Barr and uh, Mike Golden, the, pl- the player ra- on the other yeah, side? Yeah, yeah, yeah. with the... Ra- I love that comic. That you, was. You
1: just, know what I, I love talking about? Detective Comics, Greg Ruckershaw. Oh yeah, Greg, Greg Rucka's runs. Great. I think did spectacular, spectacular work. Yeah, yeah. I you know I
0: think half of Doug M- Monik's stuff was actually really good on Detective there for a while,
1: and then um, the other half was Batman run was night.
0: <laughs> yeah, was that is that right? Is that how it worked? He did half Detective, half Batman, or am I making? He, am he,
1: I, I want to say he came back to Batman like in the nineties.
0: Right. Well, but that could be part of what I'm thinking of that I had a bit of a fondness for. Where it's very much overwritten Doug Monick stuff. And it's the stuff where he and where Batman and Catwoman really become like That's
1: the alien. that's the eighties, that's pre Crisis. Oh, okay. I want to say he'd be like running right up to Crisis and then Frank Miller takes over. Oh okay. Which Um but no he he then he came back and did it with Jim Aparo when Jim Aparo was bless him far past his best. uh, And it was really, really horrible. But it was the nightfall era, and so it sold amazingly. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's, it's truly. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really well.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. Um, I liked. Fuck, I had it and then forgot it. Oh, um, when Alan Grant and Norm Brayfogle came on. Oh yeah, they
1: did detective, and then they moved over to Batman for a bit. Yeah, they did. a great run.
0: Yeah, I actually loved that. Although I would say the detective
1: stuff's a lot better. Uh, for a couple of reasons. One, there, it's more off-kilter. Like, there's not as yeah. so much, you know, let's do him as a superhero. And two, John Wagner's actually co-writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. there's there's a noticeable difference in tone for me. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. John
1: Wagner co-writes and then he's not. Because that, that's around the time that Wagner and Grant went their separate ways.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very different. It was very off-kilter, but it was also very identifiably plug-and-play Batman, you know what I mean? Yes, which
1: was kind of great about it, because I remember, was it not the time where they were like, it's the Batman casebook, to even sort of keep it out of continuity?
0: Right, yeah, 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 exactly. They did all that stuff, and it's also the, that was also the run where they introduced the ventriloquist, I think, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's all pretty awesome stuff right there. Uh,
1: And again, I'm surprised that stuff hasn't been reprinted.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of shocked, too. I'm kind of shocked, too. I'm, you would really think that these people would run through and cherry-pick stuff. I think both of us would have to include uh, Bob Haney's Brave and the Bold as one of
1: the great, great Batman arcs of all time. Yes. Um, Although, weirdly, I'm not sure if I'd include it as one of the great Batman arcs as much as just one in the great comics. I'm not sure it does anything for Batman, but it is just an amazingly good comic.
0: You know, it's, I would agree with you, except for me, Jim Aparo's Batman is kind of the definitive Batman, and it comes so strongly out of that. That, that's even true. batman and the outsiders which <laughs> i know uh, that,
1: that's true. that's where i discovered the power as a kid
0: right exactly but I, I remember him very much more being slightly older i remember the brave and the bold and it was like that was that was the sauce um yeah i don't know you know a lot of good batman stuff in there i was actually thinking well, it, it, this be is bare, something... he's been
1: around for 75 years if there wasn't a lot of good batman stuff in there he'd be wonder woman
0: you know, it is funny how you, how you do, how that's the case, right? Like, getting that Captain America DVD and sort of looking through it uh, and realizing how many great runs there yeah, are. Yeah,
1: Cap has had, I, I, maybe out of all the Marvel characters. Yeah. Apart from maybe I mean, Spider-Man. I kind of think that Spider-Man is non-stop good stuff right up until, like, whenever DeFalco and friends leave. Uh-huh. And I think after that, it goes downhill significantly and really quickly. Uh-huh,
0: uh-huh. Right, which is way, way in the run.
1: Yeah, but that's like, yeah. that's like 275 yeah, yeah. or something. That's like 275 issues well, of just wherever you pick it up, it's going to be good.
0: Well, you know, honestly, some people like Mich- Michelinia McFarlane picked it up afterwards too, right? Like funny, I would funny. actually give it through them through 300 <laughs> or
1: so, right? <laughs> I Sure. I, I just, uh, I was never a McFarlane big art fan. I, I'm not a, a huge true. art fan. I but... really was on Hulk.
0: Mm, oh yeah, his Hulk stuff with Peter but for David. Some actually, reason, yeah.
1: The same time. I mean, he was trying the two simultaneously. I could never yeah. get into Spider Man.
0: Well, you know, I was the same way. But having read some of those stories, I actually think until until Michellini got crowded out by McFarlane, I thought Michelini was doing some really good Spider Man stories. You know, and I think even Venom, which is kind of the beginning of the end in a way, in and of himself, is a is a pretty decent character. And yeah,
1: the, the, definitely the creation of Venom. I think is is a it's a really solid story, and yeah, I, I and a, a really good Spider Man story, even with the whole he's an alien symbiote, right? Uh,
0: no, exactly, but, exactly. It's a strange story. <laughs> yeah, well, because it just it it's not as it's not as uh, strong an idea as everyone seems to think it is. So as they keep bringing it out, to me, that was it. Like, Venom became so incredibly shopworn by his, like, third appearance, which was in such a short period of time because he was so absurdly popular. And I'm like, guys, I'm sorry, this is not a Doctor Doom. You know what I mean? This is just not... It was
1: kind of rough for me. But, but, can we be fair? I don't even think Doctor Doom is a Doctor Doom. Uh, Do you know what I mean? I, th- I think as great as the original Fantastic Four stories are, I think they really get by on kind of the greatness of Lee and Kirby. Yeah. As opposed to the ideas. Doctor Doctor Doom became a Doctor Doom not because you saw him first and you're like, I want to see that guy back. But because every time they brought him back, they did something different with him.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. He's one of those characters that really got fine-tuned as he went on. And so he hits a period of greatness and then I feel like people are able to more or less imitate. Coolest. Yeah. Yeah. Imitate that for a good chunk of time. And then it goes off the rails, but much longer than you would expe- expect, especially for a dude that, you know, is introduced in issue five and then comes back in like issue 10, if he's even away that long. So yeah, no, he was. Cursed Richards. <laughs> Again, just great. uh. But yeah, but the Cap stuff, like Cap and Spider Man, like I love Spider Man the character. I've read Cap forever, and yet I'm not sure I was ever like a Cap
1: fan. It was just everyone working on it was really goddamn good. Re- really weirdly, when I was ten or something, I realized mm-hmm. that one of my favorite American comics is Captain America. And I was like, I I have I have no reason to like Captain America as much as I do apart from the fact that I just always like the stories.
0: Yeah. Exactly. I mean, this stuff is—you've got Kirby, you've got Starenko, you've got some really crappy stories in there. <laughs> then you've got a strong run by Engelhart, which goes
1: a- straight into Kirby again.
0: Kirby again, which is fucking amazing. There's the Gerber stuff, followed by the what Roger McKenzie stuff, followed into Roger Stern and John Byrne, which a lot of people loved. The JM, DeMatteis, Mike Zek stuff that I adored going into 300. Like,
1: and and yeah, and even then you've got Mark Gruenwald, who I know he gets a lot of shit. I think at least the first 50 issues of Grunwald's run oh, yeah. are just golden yeah 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 no I I've doing so much him, yeah. he's doing so much so much retread i mean uh-huh. so much of his stuff is cap's greatest hits but uh-huh. i was entirely the right age i didn't know about nomad i didn't know all these stories had been told before and i was right there i was like the fired cap this is amazing <laughs> there's a new cap holy shit oh my god the original cops come back as the captain. Everything is. <laughs> I my world is ending. I was totally the right age to be to swallow that shit up. It's so good.
0: And I think I think there's something great to that. And yeah, for a lot of people, Mark Grenwald is the definitive Cap dude. And in fact, when Brew Baker came in, he was like, that was the guy that he had to beat, essentially. And yeah,
1: and, and has. Currently. Yeah, I, to, yeah, that's just it. I mean, you go past Grunwald, you've got Wade, who did some great stuff, right. Then it kind of goes. I mean, Cap got fucked mm-hmm. at the beginning of the of the two thousands because Marvel were like, let's make him relevant in the wake of nine eleven. Oh, and yeah, that yeah, was yeah. like, no, 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 no. Yeah, that was it, a maybe you forgotten mistake. that he's Captain America, and yeah. like, no.